0: There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is January 20th. We are recording today, January 20th, 2021. A big day, big day across the board, but a a local, a smaller big day here in Empowerland because we are kicking off season three of the Lead with Empower podcast back in so many years ago, back in 2020. We Had the pleasure of recording 39 episodes on the Lead with Empower podcast. And I will tell you what, I couldn't be happier with our first guest for the new year, for the new season, one of my absolute favorite people that I've ever had the pleasure of working alongside, even though we're in separate states. We'll get into that down the road. But today we are joined by Sarah Sterling. Sarah, before I get into the formal introductions, is an absolute freaking rock star. Anyway, well, you'll find that out as you listen. There's No pressure, Sarah. <laughs> but Sarah, um, since 2018, has um, been in the position of VP of Marketing for Empower Adventures. So our Adventure Park locations in uh, Oldsmar, Florida, in Middleburg, Virginia, and in South Windsor, Connecticut. Sarah also contributes very regularly to Empower Leadership which is our our team building and leadership development branch of the Empower Adventures operation. Um, Sarah, in addition to that, is a very key contributor and the editor. Believe me, you do not want me doing the editing of the monthly Lead with Empower uh, e-newsletter, which we started back in September of 2020. And this is going to be the first episode of a three-episode series on the Lead with Empower podcast with Sarah, um, we'll have, uh, this episode will, is live on January 27th. We'll come back together uh, at the end of February and again at the end of April um, for this little mini-series. But Sarah, the long introduction, thank you so much for coming on. How the heck are you?
1: I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day down here in Tampa Bay. Hey, that rhymed. <laughs> We've got some nice uh, Florida winter weather here. So have the windows open and I'm here chatting with you. I can't complain.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. And the windows are sealed and closed here in Connecticut because it is a brisk one today. So I envy you just to touch with the weather down there. So, but now th- thanks again for coming on. And, and um, as everybody knows, you know, the last year, 2020 required just about everybody to think differently about how they do what they do, whether it was students in school, teachers teaching uh you know sports teams and athletes having to adjust schedules uh first responders having to to do more than you know they've been asked to do in in quite a long time um you know professional world corporate world people working you know remotely pretty much almost exclusively so it's been a whirlwind And, and sarah you and i have been you know even though again we're hours apart from one another we've been um you know, working next to each other to really try to um, make those same adjustments and continue our mission of inspiring people to lead and continuing our uh, our ability to do empowerment, right? Um, so I couldn't, couldn't again, uh, again, ask for a better guest to kick off the third season of the Empower uh, Lead with Empower podcast. So, hey, let's get into a little bit. So um just so everybody gets to know you a little bit, you're a University of Florida graduate, And we don't have to say the year. You can say it. I don't want to get into trouble. So, hey, tell us a little bit about where you're from and what drew you to the University of Florida, what you studied, and just talk a little bit about your experience uh, in Gainesville.
1: Yeah. So I was born and raised down here in Florida. Uh, And growing up, I always thought I was going to be, and this might surprise you, a structural engineer. I thought I was going to be like, oh, let me do the structural part of buildings. And not only is the University of Florida just an incredible institution, but they have one of the leading programs in the nation for public universities, for structural engineering and civil engineering as a whole. Uh, so that was kind of the deciding factor when I went, but I ended up falling absolutely in love with Gainesville, realizing three years in that I did not belong behind a desk designing buildings uh, and switch my major over to tourism, recreation and sports management. Um, and then that ended up leading me into a live entertainment career. I was focused on live events, both on the producer and the venue side for nearly a decade uh, on the marketing Aspect of things, uh, handling everything from full circle traditional marketing campaigns in local markets to digital campaigns on both a national and international level. Uh, and then I just kind of realized that I didn't have enough time for me. Uh, live events can be a very demanding field, and ended up meeting Joe Dering. You know Joe very well,
0: yeah, a <laughs> our <bit.
1: laughs> our champion here at Empower. And the moment that I met him. Uh, I realized that I wanted to work for him and work for the organization that he ran, even though it was outside of the field that I knew and loved for 10 years. Uh, And that kind of landed me here at Empower. And ever since then, I haven't looked back and I can't imagine a life without Empower.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Now we're, we are so happy to have you. And I, I can, I'm very comfortable speaking for Joe in that regard as well. So, um, Hey so this is a leadership podcast obviously. How hard and you know thinking back on that decision 3 years into your time at University of Florida to say this isn't for me, I'm going to go do something new. Looking back on it, how how challenging was it for you from from a self-leadership standpoint if at all?
1: Yeah, I mean and I think With that, it was kind of like this expectation that I would take over my father's engineering business. There was three years invested. So obviously it would take a little bit more than those standard four years for the bachelor uh, degree process. But it was just something in my gut that I knew I had to do like for my future, for myself, you know, just to be the best version of me instead of trying to fit a, a square peg into a circle hole vice versa, whatever it is, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> saying I, I clearly don't. Um, but it, it was, it was a struggle at first, but as soon as I like got into it and realized that I had made the right choice, especially getting into marketing. Cause it, it, especially when I did that, I didn't think I was going into marketing. There was no part of me that was like, yes, I'm going to be a marketer. Um, but it just so happened that I stumbled across an internship that seemed interesting and, In that internship, I I realized like following my gut, doing the things I had to do, even if it meant those the concept of a plan change, like expect the unexpected. um, It really was the right choice. And I think that that's some and Dan, you and I have talked about this before, but like following your gut and doing what you believe is the best thing for you um, really ends up being the right decision, even if it's not always the easy one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great answer there. so Sarah graduates from college, she gets into the field. What was what was the thing that you felt like you were most prepared for at the start of your, you know, in the early phases of your professional journey? And then what was that thing or those couple things that maybe caught you completely by surprise that no matter how good of a student you were, how well you studied, that you couldn't be prepared for it until you actually got your hands on it and did it? What were two, like maybe that one thing you were really prepared for and the one thing that really, you know, get, got, got you the sneaky uppercut and caught you by surprise? Yeah, I think the one
1: thing I was definitely prepared for was to work my butt off. Like my parents raised me to do what you need to do to get the job done. Don't just do it to 100%, do it to 120%. Go in, get it done and do it right and that was kind of how I was raised. I started working when I was 14 and I just never stopped. And going into especially live events that demand weekend and night coverage with the events themselves, it's not a 40-hour work week and it's yeah. it's it's not your standard Monday to Friday 9 to 5. You're going in there and you are busting your back end to get things done and do it right. And so I was really I felt really well prepared to put in the work, put in the time, put in the effort. And then I think the biggest challenge for me was understanding interpersonal relationships in that type of leadership setting the corporate leadership setting or the work leadership setting however you want to put it it it, those interpersonal relationships aren't just a group project that you're trying to get an a on they really are so dynamic and so responsive to every single person's personality Mm -hmm. and navigating those, especially in your young 20s, is a very, very challenging place to be. And there's no college class that can prepare you for that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think that that was the biggest challenge. It will it, continue to be a challenge as you encounter new people and new situations throughout your career and your life. Um, but for me, that was probably the biggest challenge, but also best learning experience and introduction to what I looked for in a leader.
0: That's awesome. And it, it truly is an ever evolving dynamic in any team, whether it's a team of two or three people or a team, a, a team of hundreds and thousands of people. Um, it's amazing what could change when one or two people leave one or two new people come in. And it feels like there's this whole new dynamic that has to be figured out before the team can get back on track to max efficiency. Um, and it just highlights I think the importance of relationships and leadership, right, is one of those. You know, the ability to build trust and build relationships is is absolutely critical. Um, which is a great segue. And I've been with Joe and Empower since two thousand nine. Probably the thing that I enjoy most about being part of Empower is that every day, whether it's in the office or in the field with groups or on a Zoom with a you know online team building program is a, a legitimate personal leadership field experience, right? None of us are perfect. We go in with the best intentions and we have an idea of how things are going to shake out based on the group type and and the, the type of experience they're going through. And then it starts and you're reacting and responding to what they're reacting and responding to. You're making adjustments. Sometimes you say something that you wish you could say it differently if you could do it again. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, 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 that's, you know, pure joy is that, you know, we're constantly learning constantly evolving and it's through interactions with people. What's been for you personally, one of the biggest leadership learnings, I guess, uh, from your time, uh, you know, with us since you, since you joined the team in 2009, you know, maybe one or two things that you've like, Oh, wow. I never really thought of it that way or.
1: Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, it's, and this is just, it's empowered to its core is getting out of your comfort zone and every single one of the team members that I work with on a daily basis challenges me to do that in different ways with the different, the different communication styles, the different ways we work together, the different challenges that each of our locations or three locations or four brands, if you will, provides um, and not only that, like I had never gone ziplining before I joined Empower. I'd never gone ziplining. And my my <laughs> second interview, Joe had me doing the leap of faith down here at Empower Adventures Tampa Bay, which is that 30 foot pole that you climb to the top of and jump off of. And I can barely walk up, uh, like a straight line on flat ground and, <laughs> in sandals. But like, I'm climbing a 30 foot pole and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. And I will never forget, Joe said, I talked to myself the entire way up, which sounds accurate.
0: I I was going to say, I could see that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just talked my way through it. Talk to myself, talk myself right through it. But I think, you know, from that being interview number two through to today with zip lining and learning how to handbrake at different properties and stand up paddle boarding or what we do, what we had to go through last year with the pandemic and just trying to think outside of our comfort zones to continue to innovate and move forward at a time where it doesn't seem as easy getting out of my comfort zone in every shape form or fashion has been a huge huge thing for me here to empower that I've not only done at work but taken into my personal life and really made huge strides personally with outside of work because of my experiences here
0: that's great. And and before my next question, you mentioned that you have trouble walking in a straight line on the ground, flat ground with sandals on. What I can attest to, I haven't <laughs> seen that, but you're you're pretty kick-ass on a, on a stand-up paddleboard.
1: That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah.
0: And that's, <laughs> for me, <laughs> you know, we're not going to share any images of, of my, my experience <laughs> on the stand-up paddleboard, but I was thoroughly impressed with everybody except for Dana and I.
1: <laughs> that's I mean and I think that that's the funny part about getting out of your comfort zone right like I re- I genuinely have trouble like just not tripping wherever I go and I my sense of balance and coordination is just terrible and they literally had bets running in the office on how many times I would fall off the paddleboard the first time I went and I literally did like half of a fall I went hip in on one leg like yeah. hip deep and that was the only fall I had on my first time now I have fallen since then um but by getting out of my comfort zone and doing something that I thought I would be bad at, I now love stand-up paddle boarding. I own my inflatable board. I go out with friends and on my own, cause there's little places near my house that I can just pop into the water and paddle at. And there was never like maybe three cells in my body that thought I could do that. And then I did it <laughs> and fell in love with it. So it's a, that is a prime example of how getting out of your comfort zone can completely surprise you for the best.
0: Absolutely. And again that's part of our culture right it's part of what we do because we do you know we are part of zipline tours where people the entire walk to the start of the course are i can't do this i can't do this i can't do this and then you know there's the support and the coaching and the rah rah whatever it takes to help help them realize that Yep, yep just take a second take a deep breath you can um but it's really part of our our team's culture not only in um, kind of our interactions with our our visitors, um, whether it you know be an aerial challenge or something that's on the ground. But I think we all push ourselves pretty hard to do that within our our core leadership team as well, which is really awesome. And again, it's a, every day is a learning experience. But you had to have some of that get out of your comfort zone courage prior, right? With the that grinding mentality, especially in events um, where. God, I'm tired. I could really go to bed 14 hours into my shift, but <laughs> it's not done. So it had to be there, you know, within your heart and within your mind, but just maybe not the right words to to really describe it to people.
1: Yeah. I think so. I, I work is always a place that I've been comfortable, right? Like I've been comfortable I've been comfortable. I've been confident in my skills and my ability as a marketer. And just like getting through that grind was always a comfortable place for me, even if it was challenging. Yeah. Um, and I think that those things where I might be more insecure or more or less experienced, more insecure, less experienced like paddle boarding or zip lining or being on camera or being on a podcast, um, (laughs) you just kind of have to put your nose to the grindstone and do it and being able to kind of shift that perspective, I think helped a lot for sure.
0: That's great. That's awesome. Um, so back well, again, back at Mar- in March really is when the wheels started turning with doing empowerment differently, right? Uh-huh. And everybody had their own unique challenge. Each state had different restrictions and all that type of stuff. So, you know, as somebody who's part of the four brands had to be a big challenge. Um, but one of the things that you and I, you know, came up, con- you know, conceptualized and, and, and a project that we started up um, in September of 2020 was the lead with empower newsletter. Um, and we, we just were on a a zoom a few days ago and, you know, I expressed how how much I enjoy those calls because it's, you know, kind of a true collaborative effort to create some content and really work together. And, you know, you and I right now predominantly work from home in isolation. So I think we both (laughs) gravitate to those Friday meetings, (laughs) zoom meetings. Um, Talk a little bit about, you know, from your vantage point, you know, why the Lead with Empower newsletter um, and what, what you enjoy about the process, Sarah?
1: Yeah. So I think when we go, we look back to March, we were looking at that challenge of providing value to people in the form of leadership. We have the, I mean, the Empower leadership, the dream is 1 million leaders, and you can't do that if you're doing nothing. Yeah. So we've constantly been striving on the Empower leadership side of things to find ways to help create 1 million leaders, regardless of the challenge that's in front of us. And as we progress through 2020, we talked about this newsletter and saying, you know, how can we reach more people? How can we give them something of value? How can we give them something that can help them or help someone that they know or just help us continue to forward this mission of 1 million leaders? And so that's how the Lead with Empower newsletter kind of came along. But I think what was really exciting and interesting about this process with it is when we started, you and I started with nothing, right? Like
0: Clean slate. A hundred percent, a clean slate. <laughs> clean yeah.
1: slate. We had nothing. And, and not only did we have nothing in terms of the content or a concept for the content, we had nothing for the process for us yeah. to hold ourselves accountable, to continue to actionize all of the things we were talking about, whether it was a blog or a podcast or some sort of message that people could walk away from these newsletters with and feel good. Um And so it it took us, what, three months to get to the process that we have now, which is kind of that big picture, main subjects, very broad view. We each take a week to kind of take it back and take it in, take it in, spit it out in our own individual way, refine it. And then on that third week, go in and just fine tune it and finalize it and get it ready to push out the door so that it's less stress on us the day day that it drops. And, you know, that wasn't something that from the very beginning, we said, this is what we're going to do. We didn't, we didn't throw that process out there, but we, because we both have this kind of get it done mindset and we both have this ability to say, this is what I need to be productive and to be successful. And this is what helps me to be able to have that communication between the two of us and understand the way I work and the way you work and what you have on your plate and what I have on my plate, this whole process of it, it it aligns with the goals, objectives, or like the goals, strategies, and tactics, right? So we start big picture with the goals and we nail down what those objectives are or what those strategies are. I always, I always get this confused, <laughs> get those goals identified, nail down the strategies, and then really go in and fine tune the tactics in which we're doing it with. Yep. Um, and I think that that process can be applied in so many applications, which we're looking at doing, as you know, with the different locations from a marketing perspective, yep. um, because it has worked so well for us. So I think first and foremost, you're really easy to work with in the sense that you're just a great leader, but also, um, the, the process that we've come up with has, has really done
0: well for us. I agree. And I think one of the challenges from from my end of things when we started at that clean slate moment mm-hmm. when we knew we were gonna do a newsletter and we knew why we were doing it and we didn't know anything after that. I, I would probably say one of the big challenges and why this process, I think, developed so you know so quickly, And why we're finding it to be very functional for us is, you know, for me, uh, 2009, so like 11, 12 years of being part of empower, uh, for Joe longer than that, because the, the initial kind of thought process of, of starting a business started back in like 2006, um, you're, um, you know, a few years now on the team and it was, what was hard was there was all this data. Right. And, and, and it, it wasn't numbers. It wasn't like spreadsheet data. It was experience data, which is not very tangible. Um, it was like sifting through a memory from like a 2012 group and something that came up during this group and how it impacts how people lead or how, you know, teams work together. And that was, you know, the, the big challenge, you know, on, on my end of the screen was like, Holy crap, there's so much information. There's so much data. There's so many lessons. There's so many processes and models. How do, <laughs> how do we, how do we go from this big full bucket to something that's readable and concise and something like you said, gives uh, the reader, hopefully, you know, one, you know, meaningful takeaway each month from the newsletter. So um but it's been great. It's evolved. I, I feel like every time we put one out, we always like, oh, that was better than the last one. So, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the bare minimum on our, you know, from a, a design standpoint, I think it's living, living to uh, Joe's model of, you know, get better every day, <laughs> uh, or at least we're trying like hell to do so. so. <laughs> hey,
1: count <Yeah>. for something. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> um, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, so we're going to be doing three you know i think i would say shorter than normal episodes with sarah um over the next few months here um and the uh, the idea for this mini series uh, on the lead with empower podcast really came from a blog article that you wrote for our january newsletter and it's uh making moves in 2021 and it's uh the the blog is on our website leadwithempower.com and if you click on the pods and blogs button at the top of the webpage there it'll take you um to the landing page for the blogs but uh talk a little bit so that was that came right from the the keyboard of you sarah talk a little bit about the article like what inspired you to to go that route and you know what's included what can someone expect to see uh if they happen to find their way onto that article
1: yeah so one of the things that we focus on here at empower is kind of be if you're going to talk about it, be about it, right? So if you're going to set a goal, actually following through with that. And at the beginning of every year, everybody sets these new year's resolutions for these big goals and things that they want to achieve in in the new year. And then they kind of forget about them. Now there are some people who definitely see their resolutions through maybe for a month, maybe for two months, maybe for the whole year, but generally those new year's resolutions end up becoming something that you kind of, some people end up forgetting about. Yeah. So One of those kind of concepts is a new habit can take anywhere from 18 to 254 days to form and the average of 66 days for that habit to become an automatic part of your routine. So whether it's doing things to achieve your new goals or creating a new habit to help you in the new year in 2021, you know, how do you get through that process? And the goal setting process isn't just setting the goal. It isn't just doing these little things along the way. It's about having a driving force and a reason behind it. So really that blog will walk through, you know, identifying the why. Why are you doing this? And whenever you sit down and you're like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym or, oh, I don't want to paint today or, oh, I don't want to read. I'm tired. You, you can go back and say, I'm doing this because of the why. So what is the why behind it? How do you make those goals SMART? And we added to that SMART concept of a, the goal of a SMART, the concept of a SMART goal, we made them SMART by adding challenging in there. Um, so kind of laying down the framework for how you can achieve this goal, how you're going to measure it, why you're doing it and then just some like tracking worksheets on, all right, here's what my SMART goal is. I feel silly every time I say that, but it sounds so good. (laughs) Um, Here's my SMART goal. Here's the why for why I'm like, why I'm doing this. And here's the way I'm going to track this on a a regular basis, which there's a weekly breakdown in there. And, you know, part of that process and developing the blog and the works worksheets that went in there was me kind of going on my own goals for 2021 and what I want to accomplish this year outside of work um, to make my life better, to make myself the best version of me. So it it really kind of walks through all of that and then provides some resources to help you in that goal setting process or that habit forming process.
0: Yeah, and I think as you touched on it in your at the start of your answer, like the goal setting process is the easy part, I think, for a lot of people. Um, it's that sustainability that, Mm -hmm. that turn, that becomes a challenge. And, you know, a lot of the worksheets in there are really designed to serve almost as that like self-accountability kick in the ass that we, that we need sometimes. Um, And so the, the, not only is there some great content in that article from a, a written standpoint, but there's free worksheets that you can download, you can print out, you know, I always, I always, You know, for my personal goals, and anytime we're teaching goal setting to youths, it's like, dude, print it out, put it somewhere where you see it at least twice a day. (laughs) You know, so it's always top of mind. Um, You know, at least when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed, you can do the the last minute scramble if you need to before bedtime. Um, But no, great, great resources in there, and and this first episode is you know of this mini series is really designed. um, I think to highlight. Your journey, right? So, um, Sarah's article talks about you know, understanding the why and and and, and setting the setting the goal that is, um, uh, in line with the smart model. Uh, mm-hmm. there it is. I said it now, too. So smart. now we're both sounding funny, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, we're gonna get, uh, you know this episode and then two more, we're going to get a sneak peek into your progress and, you know, maybe some of the successes that you've experienced during the journey and some of the challenges that you've experienced. So talk a little bit about, you know, the goal that you set for yourself and, and, and I guess give everybody a little bit of insight into the why.
1: Yeah. So I, my goal for 2021 is to create at least 10 new art pieces per month. So outside of work, I like to create, and I I could say I like to paint or I like to draw, I I like to create. So it might, it isn't necessarily one medium or one format that I work within, but I like to create. and I wanna create 10 new pieces every month. So that's essentially one every three days, Um, which is quite often or quite Mm -hmm. frequent, I guess. Um, You know, the way that I format my creative journey, I will do more than one piece in a day generally, Um, but really, I, and I wrote this, idea, did, I filled out these worksheets that I made, like just to be like, okay, I, di- I can do this too. They really do serve a purpose. Um, but on the defining the why worksheet, there's a section that says any additional notes, thoughts or concerns. And what I wrote here and like, and this is part of the writing it down process is like, it makes a different impact when it's just a thought in your brain versus written words on paper. Yeah. And I said that creating and making art has always been a part of my life, but I've never made it a priority by setting a goal to create more, I can hold myself more accountable to make art on a regular basis, increase my creativity and improve my artistic skills. And I think that when I wrote the thing, like, but I've never made it a priority. I was like, dang, Sarah,
0: that's like, heavy, right?
1: That's kind of <laughs> deep, but like it, it, it's true. And art isn't just about wanting to be creative for me. It really is something that increases or betters my emotional and mental health. It's a release. It's a, the creative process itself is therapeutic for me. Um, And on top of that, I, I'm able to sell my art, whether it's an original or a print and have the supplemental or incremental income that isn't necessarily the driving factor, but it's an added bonus. Um, So just making those the time to create and finding the time and setting the time and creating a budget for art supplies has been kind of a whole process uh, for me, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely does. And we're, we're only not even three weeks in at the time of this recording, how would you say it's going so far? You know, so it's really early, right? We're not yeah. at the point now where it's, uh, you know, the habits are are formed and the habits have become not mindless, but they've become part of your day-to-day routine. How would you assess or evaluate the process thus far in 2021?
1: Yeah, so I've done all right.
0: <laughs> I'll just be honest,
1: I've done all right. Um, I'm at five for 10 for the month. Um, but I, it looks like tonight is my digital art night. So I'll be working on some drawings on the iPad, some illustrations on the iPad. And then I also have. and part of this is this past weekend, I had a family obligation that I had to yep. tend to. So I wasn't able to dedicate my normal Saturday or Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. I usually pick one and I sit down with coffee in the morning and I paint until I'm done. <laughs> I, I, I literally like, I'll go two hours, four hours, six hours. Like I'll just kind of let it all out and do everything until I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this for today. (laughs) So I had that the first Saturday of the month, but not this past Saturday. So that's kind of where I say I'm doing all right with the five, but really I am on track to hit that first monthly goal. And knowing that I have every Saturday or Sunday, every weekend, for the most part, time set aside in my schedule and plan for gives me a sense of, um, what's the word I'm with confidence that I can get to that goal as long as I continue to make the time for that. And then it's usually one weeknight or two weeknights if it, if I'm feeling it.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's, I, I, it sounds like based on your schedule and, and, and the goal that you set, it's the perfect blend of challenging and realistic. Right. And I think, you know, again, in my, when in teaching goal setting to some of the younger, you know, students that we might work with or the youths that we work with that, you know, I'll explain the idea of challenging versus realistic. And, you know, I'm a five foot nine, 40 year old, 225 pound human being with uh, broken body parts. <laughs> and I'll explain to the, to the youth's like challenging goal, dunk a basketball on a 10 foot hoop, realistic goal, not so much, <laughs> yeah. but it sounds like you've got a, a really good balance where you're going to, you're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to work for it, but it's not, some astronomical ask is that a fair assessment
1: yeah I don't think I've ever created 10 full pieces in a month but that's because it may have been before that like one Saturday or Sunday I'm like you know what I don't feel like doing it today I'd rather go to the beach or go paddling or do whatever right now it's a little cold for paddling so that makes it easier (laughs) um but knowing like I just never dedicated enough time to it. And I was never always, and I was like never consistent with it. So maybe like one weekend, one month I would paint. And then the next month I would paint three weekends. So it's, it's, it's about creating that habit by saying every Saturday or Sunday, pick one depends on if I'm over or not. Just kidding. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: get up and paint yeah. with coffee and just start your day that way.
0: Yeah.
1: And if I, if I go into the weekend, knowing that, that, that helps with that challenging because i've never done 10 in a month before but also realistic in the sense that i can i can do it i just haven't
0: yeah and you brought up earlier in uh in your answer the the concept of that that therapeutic feel for this as well and i think that saturday morning time block is great because you get through uh uh a, a monday through friday work week where it's it's always an adventure there's always challenges that pop up and nothing that's you know overwhelmingly bad or anything along that line but there's always challenges in a work week and you you almost set yourself up to have this little you know maybe your mini light at the end of the tunnel in in one of your weekday evenings but really that full-fledged light at the end of the tunnel on your saturday morning coffee and paint mm-hmm. with sarah <laughs> yeah
1: and it really is a different it's it, in the same way that some people may get lost in reading or writing or in a video game or in running or playing sports like it's i i literally go into a different world when i'm really focused on the art and it while i like you said like i it's a mini light at the end of the tunnel on the weekdays on a saturday morning especially with the world the way it is right now i'm not going anywhere i know that when i sit down to paint that morning i have no obligations for the rest of that day yeah generally I mean, I probably need to clean the house here or there, but like, that's what the next day's for. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah.
0: That's a Sunday, Sunday night. two days the weekend,
1: like, I got this. Um. So it really is, it really is that thing that kind of separates my brain from my body in the sense that I need that release and that time away from focusing on something.
0: Great. Now, this this next question is going to require a little bit of future visioning here. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to January or February, 2022. What, what sort of personal development do you envision your, you taking away from dedicating the time, holding yourself accountable to, you know, this goal and kind of that, the action item that you created for yourself, where, where do you hope it takes you next year?
1: Yeah. So I think there are quite a few things that I really see coming out of this, It's a better emotional and mental health, mm-hmm. less stress, less you know frustration less sadness in some instances depending on what you know we all go through ups and downs and things like that mental health aspect of things a year later of actually focusing on art knowing that it helps me will I think work leaps and bounds for me and then on top of that it's just one of the things that I struggle with and I feel like we've talked about this but I don't know if we have or not is this concept of the imposter syndrome right like I never would have called, and, and this is a recent somewhat change. Like I never would call myself an artist. Like I've never been technically trained. I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but I do what feels right for me, but I'm not an artist, you mm-hmm. know, like that concept. And I hope, and I've gotten better about it, but I hope that after 12 months of consistently creating and hopefully improving (laughs) that concept of feeling like an imposter has faded away to nothing. And I think that that imposter syndrome can apply to so many people. in so many different ways, like whether it's at work or it's as a parent, like, or as it's, it's as a friend or partner or whatever it might be just because you don't feel like you embody that word or that role doesn't mean that you don't. Yeah. So that's a big thing for me. And then on top of that, just being able to say, okay, I set this goal, I laid out a successful framework, I either did or didn't maintain it for reasons X, Y, and Z. And if I don't maintain this 10 pieces per month through all 12 months of 2021, analyzing why I didn't, and being very critical, but compassionate with myself to say, okay, why didn't we get there? And how do we do it differently in the future?
0: Yeah, great answer. And then just some awesome leadership insight in that answer i mean, setting the goal the action plan to to achieve it the path the path for achievement the you know i love what you touched on listen the more you do something you're going to improve right if you're putting your all into it you're going to improve right and that's that's art that's school that's sport that's being Uh, 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 a kind human being that's everything Mm -hmm. right the more you do it with with effort the you'll you'll improve you you know you won't be stagnant and then you know the boost in confidence that you get from again you know when you get out of your comfort zone that first time that first time on the zipline course the sarah that went through that experience is a lot different than the sarah that went through you know the 10th time or the first time at maybe at the Virginia course, right? It probably wasn't as big of a, a step as it mm-hmm. was for the first time and it wasn't Tampa. So great lesson for anybody out there listening. Um, hey, set the goal, set the action plan and know that with the effort and the, the reps improvement will happen and and the confidence will boost. And, and I think sometimes we lose sight of that and we think of, these goals as this huge freaking project that it's like too much. I'm not even going to start it eh, cop out. Right. So, Hey, take the step and those steps will become easier every time, every time you do it. So um, Sarah, you, you also do something that is completely foreign to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have you talk about that as well. Cause I don't even know how the hell to introduce it. So you've been doing li- live streaming art. Yes. All right, talk about it, and where can people find it? So we're gonna people... get you some get some more people watching here. Come on! <laughs> I don't
1: know about all that. <laughs> um, so there are multiple platforms that you can live stream on. You can live stream on Facebook, but that's not necessarily as common as YouTube and Twitch. Um, so the YouTube and Twitch are the big live streaming platforms, and. traditionally people have seen these platforms as gamer type of platforms or someone might go play Fortnite or Minecraft or call of duty or something and just stream and talk to people while they're playing this video game. And I found that by streaming and maintaining somewhat of a streaming schedule, X number of days per week, per week, or whatever it might be that if I go and I'm going to paint and people expect me to be there painting, um, then I kind of have to do it because i told people I'm going to do it. Got to follow through on your work. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, um, and on top of that, like this really helped me get back into the habit of painting a little bit more regularly versus very sporadically. Um, and it has been quite the journey. Um, and I, you know, as I was working on my defining the why sheet for this goal, you know, I wrote a couple times, like, help inspire others to be more creative, to create, to create art. And I've had people come into my stream and be like, oh my God, this makes me want to stream art. And I know of three different people who started streaming art because of coming into my channel.
0: It's awesome.
1: And not only that, my nine-year-old cousin will come in and watch from Canada as I paint. And she started doing alcohol inks before I started live streaming, but she started doing alcohol inks because of what I would post on like Instagram or Facebook or something. And then she sold them to raise money for a skin cancer nonprofit. Like it's just this concept. It was, it's, it's such a great story. I'll have to tell you that sometime, but like, it's such a beautiful story. And that the fact that like my nine-year-old cousin looks up to me because I paint and she wants to paint like her older cousin, like that sense of satisfaction. And like, you can't get that any other way unless you create a way to connect with people online. And that's what I've tried to do. And it's kind of, grown into this community of friends, and they call them communities in these different Twitch and YouTube universes. But like, they really are communities of people that become friends. And it's unreal. And and quite frankly, putting my face on camera on the internet I, for the first few times I did it, I thought I was going to throw up. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm the face, I'm the face. And I may have had a drink or two just to like, calm down. Cause I was so, so courage. nervous. Liquid courage. For real. Like I was, I'm the face behind the camera. I'm the producer, not the model. Like I'm not the person that likes to be on camera. So for me to put my face on the internet for strangers who are there, who might be trolling or whatever. And those trolls do come in. Don't get me wrong. Um, was, horrifying and then I got past it and I've like the there are a few people in particular that I think about and like I'll just start crying because I'm just so grateful to have these people in my life as friends now because I got over that fear of putting my face on camera
0: yeah
1: and there are people who come in and say like this is my safe space and like it's unreal um but just because I was like I'm gonna paint on camera so that I paint more like where does that come from who knows
0: it's so, a yeah. little, little baby step out of the comfort zone is yielding some big results thus far, which is cool.
1: Yeah. And honestly, I had enough people asking for prints that I ended up starting an Etsy store with prints of the artwork that I've done. I've had a few sales, nothing major. Like, again, this is never going to be a full-time job outside of work for me. Or Where,
0: where, where can everybody find that? Etsy That's store? on
1: Etsy. Yeah.
0: I know it's on Etsy, but is there like <laughs> a specific... Uh...
1: <laughs> it's the Etsy store. It's called Casual Artist Sarah yeah
0: casual artist sarah there it is right there <laughs> yeah she does, she does some great work in all seriousness and all joking aside you, so if you're if you're an art enthusiast <laughs> looking to maybe add a add a piece or two to your collection etsy yeah. casual artist sarah yeah and then more importantly if someone is on the Twitch twitch <laughs> if someone's on the twitch machine how are they finding you you uh. knew this was coming come on
1: <laughs> i mean i'm mean, dan put me on the spot here now you got me really nervous um, so i'm actually i'm casual gamer sarah on twitch and casual artist sarah on etsy so one's gamer and one's artist but the the joke was like i didn't ever think i'd stream games so like it was this concept of casual gamer that was constantly painting um <laughs> Cause it's all g- gamers on the platform. I'm like, just guys, I'm a casual gamer, I just paint, like, <laughs> so yeah, that's where that came from. But it's, right, I'll, I'd make, say sure, I'll point, make sure
0: I include that in the show notes too. Don't yeah, worry, Sarah, thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at this beaming point, with
0: excitement right you know. now. <laughs> it, <laughs> so, but but you did you did mention the the, the word community a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. There were a group of streamers you included, yes, and Chris Adamowitz, who is the husband of Dana. Uh, who's uh, with, with Empower, uh, our, oversees our HR uh, side of things. You guys just came together and put together a pretty freaking kick-ass fundraiser.
1: We did. So I, I was thinking about it, and I, a lot of people do fundraisers and raising money for charity on Twitch and the streaming platforms. It's not a new concept. But I knew that me by myself was not going to be enough to make a drop in a bucket for any of these nonprofits. So I kind of come up with this concept and it's not a new concept either, but it was a team stream basically where one streamer went then we went to the next streamer to the next streamer for a total of 12 hours. Um, I I really, really wanted to help raise some money for kids around the holidays, particularly underprivileged youth and underserved communities. And because we were six streamers from all over the U.S., we had to find a national organization that kind of fit for all of it. And um, we went with the Boys and Girls Club of America. So we did a 12 hour relay with six streamers. And our goal for the day was a thousand dollars, which yep. we felt. I mean, these are kids playing video games. Generally, you know, like the viewers aren't there to drop money like they are to Gala.
0: It's not going. Right to, yeah, um, it's not going to a big uh, five star type event. Yeah, either. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: um, set the goal of a thousand dollars. Set different marker points. If we hit two fifty, I'll do this. If I if we hit five hundred, I'll do this. And um, if we hit a thousand, I'll do X Y Z. So. Uh, we went into the day, we went, we went in with just over $200 raised Okay. and we came out of the day because we were raising beforehand, like saying you can donate in advance. Um, and we came out of the day raising $1,290 for the Boys and Girls Club of America.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: Um, and like, not only that, we got to meet some of the streamers didn't know each other before I introduced them through this process. So all of the streamers kind of got to meet new friends, make, you know, create new connections and bring new people into their communities because I, I wouldn't partner with anyone that I didn't feel was a good person who was trying to just make people smile and make the world a better place. And every single one of them was, and it, I, I won't forget that day for a very long time to say awesome. the
0: least. No, it's so, that's so cool. And it, and again, it ties right back it without that first step, right? Without yep. that first near vomiting, vomit inducing <laughs> Night of oh my god I'm doing this none of this stuff happens and it's again a testament to the power of you know having that two seconds of courage to get out of your comfort zone so massive massive shout out to you Sarah for doing that and for (laughs) you know really exemplifying you know why we do what we do uh, not only at the Empower Adventure locations but with the Empower Leadership programming Um, so you're you're talking the talk. You're freaking walking the walk,
1: <laughs> not tripping <laughs>
0: somewhat. Uh, you're supping the sup. You're stand up yeah. paddleboarding the stand up paddleboard environment, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But uh, Sarah, this was great, uh, great to catch up and great to hear about your your goal and your plan of attack for um, for 2021 with regards to art creation. And really excited to to reconnect with you next month to get kind of our one month update to, you know, share with everybody, you know, some of the successes and some of the challenges, but really appreciate you taking some time and kicking off season three of the lead with empower podcast job. Very well done. A round of applause for you, Sarah. Thank you no. so much.
1: Thank you, Dan. It's an honor. Uh, every time I get to chat with you, I learn something new and today is no exception. So thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> uh, you're very welcome. And, and ladies and gents, thanks for checking it out. And thanks for being part of our first couple seasons. And we hope you enjoyed our first episode of 2021. We have some more great ones coming up. And hey, let's end up, uh, let's end the episode taking a, a bit of Sarah's advice right here. The Even if you vomit, in the moment that you're about to step out of your comfort zone it can always be cleaned up but if you don't step out of your comfort zone some of the great rewards that that are there for the taking are never realized so take uh, take that take those words to heart get out there do something that's out of your element you will be glad you did when you're done we'll check you out next time be safe great leadership may look and sound different However, there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead. They do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them. And they never take the easy way out because the exceptional will never come from easy.